Welcome everyone to the Motive Podcast. I'm Shaden. I'm with my co-host Bree. We want to help you find solutions and solve life's hardest problems and like the way you feel. And yeah. I'm afraid I've got the giggles this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. Oh boy. People laugh when they hear people laugh. Did you see that video that went around uh, of that cooking with Cade? Oh, I saw it, but I never watched oh, it. Oh, my goodness. All I saw was a little kid shoving his hand and trying to get the butter or something. And his grandma's like, stop, stop. Or whoever it was. I, need, I sent to it to my it. mother and I can talk about her because she doesn't listen to our <laughs> podcast. Yes, we've covered <laughs> I that. I sent it to her and, and uh, you know, she's got a good sense of humor. But when she texts back and says, I'm laughing so hard right now, you know, it's it's legit. That would be me. I do not this kid is really like, laugh at anything. So I'm going to have to watch This kid's kind of like what we're talking about today in some ways. Yes. So, but he just, yeah, just like an animal at this sugar, like making cookies <laughs> and he kid going at every single ingredient. You're like the one person in America that hasn't seen it, so you may want to watch it. It's Look, good. Look, my humor skill, <laughs> I know I'm like the comedian for relief on the, the Motive podcast, but in, in my house, yeah, definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> my kids think I have no sense of humor. Yeah. Well, well let's get to it. Okay. We're going to talk about ADD today. Again. Again. This is good. And how do you know if your child has ADD rather than like yourself? Yeah. Last time we talked about, you know, yourself as an adult and we went through some of the things that you work through, mm -hmm. but rather how do you decide if your kid has ADD? Yeah. Well, remember in the, it's important to remember that the first, when parents have, if one person in the, like if with biological children, if one parent knows they have ADD, it's uh, the numbers that I read were, it's like 50% 50, 50 of your kids will likely have some form of ADD. Hmm. And then if both That's of you do, <laughs> if both of you come together <laughs> and create a baby, <laughs> and then it's like 60 to 70% of your children, really? yeah, will likely have some form of ADD. And, you know, if you listen to the first ADD podcast, um, you'll know that I follow Daniel Amen a lot. If you haven't, uh, go give him a look or go listen to it as well. Daniel Amen, I would say, is the guy that I follow and trust quite a bit. Uh, his clinic scanned my own brain for my ADD and, and, uh, I like what he's done, but he's created, I think it's six or seven different types of ADD. Mm -hmm. His stuff is fascinating that he's, excuse me, <clears throat> that he has, uh, after looking at thousands of brain scans has realized there's a pattern to certain types of brains. And so, so to answer your question is how do you know? And, and this is, I like that you actually, you know, before we started this, you gave a really good answer of how you know is usually more of a, there's going to be a, con a consistency in the behavior mm -hmm. rather than incidents. So in my sessions, a lot, I'll ask people when they bring up a problem, I'll ask uh, quite often, I'll say, is this an incident or a pattern? Right. That makes sense. Right. Because if it's an incident, a lot of the, you know, we don't need to jump to some big conclusion looking for some diagnosis. Like, you know, I don't like diagnosis anyway. Yeah. But a pattern of behavior, that's where we get into into some things that can be dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. And so most of the time in a, in a child, hyperactivity every once in a while or lack of attention every once in a while, yeah, it's usually just like life. Mm -hmm. it's, it's Sometimes it can be, honestly, they ate something wrong. Like they ate something that just tranquilized their brain yeah. a little bit and or they didn't get good sleep. Yeah. And so you have, you have to check into all of those, the factors like that of sleep, diet, water, 
stress at school, mm-hmm. emotional, any type of emotional disturbance with your family, with school, with friends, all of that comes to, 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 to be something to assess. And, and if you can see that, yeah, we just started school back up and my kids kind of ramping up, mm-hmm. that's very likely that it's a situational incident yeah. Yeah. and, uh, rather than a pattern of behavior. Yeah. Well, it's something I thought of. So this is one reason we're talking about this. I have a child who just turned 10, my youngest boy. And this is something that is all of a sudden, you know, happening with him. Mm-hmm. So it's something I've thought of that <laughs> there's sometimes where I'm like, holy Hannah, or you, I, you know, sat down at night and told my husband, like, do you have ADD or not you, him? Mm-hmm. I think we, we think he maybe does. But, um, <laughs> but my 10 year old, like he's all over the place right now, you know, mm-hmm. but as I've watched it, there's not a consistency to it. You know, he's still okay. able to go get his pajamas on when he's supposed to or do whatever. I think part of it, too, is we have a puppy and it causes a lot of squirrel moments because yeah. the puppy's way more exciting. He's starting to imitate the puppy. Yeah, <laughs> he just <laughs> wants to play with the puppy. But yeah, that is a concern. And I think as a young kid, I know, I think it's shocking as a parent to know how many people, though, when their kid starts acting like that, And Mm -hmm. I think that for boys particularly, I don't know, I only have one daughter and she's 17 and she popped out an adult. So she's never, you know, had this problem. Um, But for boys especially, they start to get to a certain age and all of a sudden they're like, you know, their brain's wandering Mm -hmm. a lot more. But I'm shocked at how many people at that age all of a sudden say, oh, my child has ADD Mm -hmm. and they're on medications. Yeah. That to me is shocking, you know? So I think this education of how do you tell the difference then you know if your kid is all of a sudden just his mind is wandering all over the place more than normal well remember if it's all of a sudden then i would say you know i gotta say this my uh my mission president he's a german Mm -hmm. and uh in his in while he learned english he learned all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) and in our mission he'd be teaching us something and he'd say and all of a sudden (laughs) Like President Kapishka, it's not Oliver. It's all of a sudden. Anyway, so Oliver, if all of a sudden it happens that your kid you think is like flighty and showing these what we you know symptoms, mm-hmm. just make a little mental note of it and mm-hmm. don't jump to any conclusion because we can also have bias where we want to find what we're looking for. Yeah, and then we will. And then you label your child as that, and then yeah, I think that could be dangerous. Yeah, and so. So that's where just take a mental note, and if it persists, then it's something to maybe look into because there the research with ADD does indicate there's always a question they'll ask, which is, was there a time in your life when you kind of hit a wall? Mm-hmm. And I would say I didn't hit like my wall until like grad school, mm-hmm. and I kind of just pushed through it. And the wall was that my mind just could not slow down enough to really just comprehend what was being taught gotcha and there was a difference between anxiety it wasn't like an anxiety of oh no i'm going to fail i mean sure there were some of like little bits of that but Mm -hmm. it really was more of i was i was trying to compute so much and i just i couldn't and i Mm -hmm. and i was beginning to see that other people around me were understanding concepts like in statistics and other things far simpler than me and they were just like it just was flowing for them. Mm-hmm. And then it, and that's where, that's why it's really important to know that the, the 
diagnosis doesn't matter because it's a lot of the time it's the shame that happens from it that's actually way more important to look into right. just so you know right yeah that there's makes a sense. great deal of shame of yeah, yeah that's in that goes along with it and we maybe talk about that in a second but but so i i i hit that wall then and then and then honestly when our third child our fourth child obviously there's a wall that everybody hits when you have that many children <laughs> but it was it was a it was a real it was a wall that was clear Mm -hmm. it was super clear like i'm not tolerating this yeah the way that i know i'm i'm capable of tolerating a lot of things but i'm not like my mind is so over over sensitized yeah you know oversensitive and overstimulated and and it's not just like kids yeah and so that's when i knew and and that happens a lot like adult onset but we're talking about children here Mm -hmm. and so just looking for if they do hit this wall differentiating between is this like an intellectual issue like where they're just struggling with math or you know Mm -hmm. that's not add yeah but if it really is more of a of a feedback that you would get from a teacher that says yeah they he never he rarely makes eye contact she may you know he i say he because my oldest son definitely is there Mm-hmm. And he struggles with eye contact and struggles to. Oh, I didn't know that was mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah, because okay. the brain just can't stay there; it just gotcha. goes somewhere else. Gotcha. I mean, I okay. struggle. I have to push myself a lot, hmm. and so, and so, yeah. So he he struggles there, and then he's not really a hyper kid, so he's not always. It's not that yeah. he's always moving, but uh, another another kind of symptom, if you will, that you can look into is sometimes a very like obvious lack of kind of hand eye coordination or a lack of just dexterity is that the word i'm looking for like in yeah, your fingertips yeah. mm-hmm. so like love i love you kobe but his handwriting's mm-hmm. very poor uh-huh. especially with young kids when he's left-handed anyway that. which mm-hmm. doesn't help but when it comes to like learning to write the other way and so but it's it's obvious that it, he's a little bit behind in that mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of really cool like holistic uh treatment with with add where you do uh, you you train the eyes and I've been part of it before and I do I, I do a lot of this with my my sons as well where they they actually consider the eyes as part of the major muscle that helps um, ADD to I would say heal in mm-hmm. some ways it, it helped the eyes uh, the muscles in the eyes become weak yeah and so and so when they're reading for example their eyes don't flow steadily across the words yeah and it's not necessarily that it's dyslexia but their eyes just kind of shift like yeah, like yeah. they kind of sputter kind of forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. and uh, that's because their muscles and their eyes are really are really weak and then they get frustrated and they do and then they say i don't i hate reading mm-hmm. so then they struggle there again and and so one thing i do with my sons is i have a tennis ball on a rope and i ha- i stand over them and they lay down and their their head goes between my my feet and i do circles and i do x's and i do like figure eights and you have them follow and it? they have to track it interesting and you should see just in like one time of like 20 15 minutes even kobe's eyes can be nearly just watering in the very beginning like huh. it's, it's seriously hard and hard to just mm-hmm. so it's interesting as you're saying this so we discussed this several podcasts ago that i've had a minor brain injury that is is that's how it feels when you have a brain injury no kidding yeah and so that's a side effect that i still have hmm. that sometimes when i'm reading my brain just like won't latch onto the words. It just kind of wants to skip ahead and I have to stop myself and go back and actually force myself to read through, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's like a, an Instagram post or I'm reading my scriptures or I'm reading a note the kids brought home from school. Yeah. It's not always, but yeah, that's really interesting because that is something that I have to 
focus on what it, it's weird when it happens is it yeah it's not all the time it's just kind of like oh and then it's i have to actually like go no stop go back read every word you know wow kind of crazy yeah and i've seen some really cool outcomes with this uh more of this holistic approach there's a lady oh man i i think her name's mary and i, I just don't know the her company but she's here in downtown ogden but there's you know there's all sorts of these places around the around the country for like neuro that's like what do they call it neuro bio neuro feedback somebody that's listening to this i'm sure knows exactly oh yeah yeah um i know i know yeah but that's you and i talked about this after i had my head injury okay Mm -hmm. yeah they'll just it's so much about the eyes and training training the eyes and then training spatial memory Mm -hmm. um but so if your child struggles with a lot of you know memory small tasks like where you send them let's just say you tell them hey i need you to go do one two three or even one two Mm-hmm. and they only remember one like consistently or they rarely even if you give them one two three and then remember nothing and there's a pattern that's usually a, a pretty good indicator that something yeah. could be going on dopamine is in charge of our short-term memory and long-term memory mm-hmm. it helps us a ton and as we talked about in our first one add simply put is a de- is a deficiency in dopamine mm-hmm. and so when when you lack that and when there's a deficiency in your body's ability to release it when you give this kid this one, two, three, go do this, this, and this, yeah. they just, their brain kind of goes in, it goes in their ear and it hits the the spaghetti bowl of like, you know, Los Angeles freeway. <laughs> and it just like, uh-huh. by the time it gets to where it needs to go, there's no, there's nowhere. Yeah. And as opposed to more linear neuro pathways that a lot of other people have where it goes in one ear and finds its way yeah. on a one way street to the, the short term memory where it needs to be. They get down to the basement and they can recall that my mom needs green beans and paper plates. <laughs> we're, you know? de- we're describing my 15-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> if I said that to Kobe, right? We do. I test him all the time. Hey, Kobe, can you go down and I need you to get you know, mac and cheese and this and this. Uh-huh. He's like, okay. <laughs> and I can just see it. It's just like even just asking him, I can see his brain uh, glaze yes, over. Yes. And that's where it's just. So what do you do about that then? How do you help your child if you see this then and it's become a pattern? So, for example, in my 10-year-old, I can see this is not a pattern. He's just <laughs> yeah. he's just 10 and distracted as all get out because <laughs> it comes with age. Yeah. But, but you know, I do recognize that in my 15-year-old, this is legitimate for him. And it has been since he was about 9 or 10. Yeah. You know, and it's something that you and I have talked about a lot and had to help him work through. Yeah. And that we also see that it has either caused or maybe been mistaken for some seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. You know, and so now knowing the difference and now he knows how to handle that and has gained yeah. those skills to cope with that. It's a little easier, but how do you, what do you, what do I you would, do? I would say that I'm not going to give a specific answer. It'd be more of, you need to, you need to know your child. It's the same way. One of the greatest therapy mentors I've ever had said, you don't treat diagnoses, you, you, you treat people. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think as parents, we can do the same thing. In, like we treat our kids problems rather than our kid. Mm-hmm. And, and so with your, you know, with, with, uh, with Halen, it's like, he's a different child than my oldest. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, everybody, everyone. And so what works for the focus needs to be, you know, kind of from our last podcast of instead of, instead of focusing on the problem, it's more when, when isn't this a problem Yeah. and why not mm-hmm. when it's not a problem, what's happening, mm-hmm. what, and what has happened before that. Yeah. And it, again, if it's likely that he, he had a, uh, you know, it's, if you notice it, a protein breakfast keeps him sharper 
you got to start taking notes of what works for him. Yeah. And, and I like what you said do about more of that. food. Mm-hmm. Just going back to that real big quick, because that's a big thing for us in our house. We're really, you know, mindful, healthy eaters. And so I don't like eating at her house. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm a really good cook. She's a dang good cook. It's like, can I have a little more, a uh, little more chicken maybe? Just kidding. Uh-huh. But no, like that's a really big deal though for me that, you know, with the kids in the morning that I tell them all. You know, that cereal is not going to help you out. It's yeah, exactly. not going to be your friend. Exactly. You're going to crash and burn when you get to school in an hour. Yep. And then you can't focus the rest of the day. And, and I'm like that too, you know, that yet last week when we reported co- podcast, I was half asleep in here because I had oatmeal for breakfast, which is not it's something not I true. ever yeah, do. I remember that. I have my pre-cooked turkey bacon that I eat for breakfast <laughs> See, with my protein smoothie every day because I have to, you know, it just, I if I don't, my brain is just sluggish and it's so slow. And it, you just feel like garbage, you know? See, and it's weird because I, I wake up and I have, I, I'm most alert when I don't eat in the morning. Really? Mm-hmm. I have to eat right when I wake up yeah, or I I'm just, legitimately sick. Yeah, it's so interesting. My blood sugar And that's like, what I mean. It's like, tanks so. Tanks at night. <laughs> I know. Mine doesn't. I eat too much sugar. Probably, <laughs> but it's, so focusing on what does work Yeah, I for think them. that's important. And then just seeing past it, like. I'm almost like so grateful in some ways I was uh, that my mom and dad didn't see this in me mm-hmm. when I was a kid because I think it forced me it forced me to like to cope mm-hmm. and I mean this is I guess opening up like it created I can look back and look at so much of the shame of my life and the things that I would shame myself about and and not accepting myself. Mm-hmm. And I can look back and realize so much of that had to do with my mind, like just the way my brain works. And yeah. I refuse to call that ADD. Yeah. From a dysfunctional place, one can call it that in a way. I just don't. I just know my brain is my own, just like everybody else's is their own. And right. it has certain ways of being. And for me as a kid, for one, like I was so blunt, so blunt. <laughs> My brain didn't filter. I just was honest. Like I just said what I thought. Yeah. And I offended many people. <laughs> I ended up. I think I got my butt kicked a couple times by some kids, just because I just said talk trash. My dad always said like stop talking. You know you're gonna yeah. get your butt kicked and don't come crying to me. <laughs> and so and so I then it, it put me on a journey. I think throughout my my teens, but then into my twenties of like accepting myself and trying to figure out how to what to do to learn yeah. instead of taking away my bluntness. How do I learn? What skills can I learn that will help to still be open and very clear, but not offensive. And that's when empathy came into my life of trying learning and more and more and more about how to be empathic with people. And mm-hmm. it just changed everything. And and instead of it put instead you of, in charge of your life rather than you feeling like the victim. Exactly. It's know? like, it's it kind of put the armor around my vulnerability, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think like my son, Kobe, um, why am I crying? Um, Brie. It's what we do on this podcast. We laugh, we cry. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're all over the place. We love it. Cause he's, he's such a, he's, he weighs he's 97 pounds boy ever. and he's eight and he's just this chunk of muscle and, and he's got some, he's got some padding too, but he's just this, <laughs> and he's the most gentle giant kid Mm -hmm. he's just tender you know and uh and the other day i was praying i was like heavenly father what can i what do i need to pray for for my son and uh and he said 
you need to pray to protect his gift of gentleness. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think he was saying it as much to me, to anybody of like, the gentleness that he has is in direct correlation to the mind that I gave him. Yeah. And though the world might call it attention deficit, it doesn't mean that it has to be fixed. Yeah. It just means there's a gift that he has and that's what should be focused on rather than his problem mm-hmm. or his deficit. And and it's just it's just changes my focus. And so I think any parent out there that needs to hear that of focusing on the gifts, focusing on the what is going well, what works, and the thing in your in your child that you that you've been called as a parent from God himself to protect and mm-hmm. to raise and to nourish rather than looking at what isn't working in your kid's life and trying to therefore always fix it. Yeah. And and because of that very thing is why I said that I'm grateful my parents maybe didn't even see it mm-hmm. and I just had to figure it out. Yep. And I I don't think I'd be sitting here today if I didn't have to go through that as a kid trying to always like how do I love myself? It definitely connected me to God and my savior and and how to love myself and now I can now I know how to manage it a little bit better, which is nice, but Yeah. All that it created in me, I would never give back if he had to say, hey, do you want a different brain? Yeah. Like not even, no way. Well, it's a saying that we have at our house we talk about a lot is that your greatest weaknesses are also your greatest strengths. It just depends on what you do with them. Yeah. You know? And so I, I, that's something that we try to really emphasize. Yeah. You know, it's funny thinking about um, uh, people often comment that Court, my husband, that, that he has ADD and it makes him angry. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Court. I've said that. <laughs> yeah, I love loves, you, man. He loves you. He gets mad though because he's like, "I have dealt with this my whole life, and I've I'm fine. Like I can handle it. I know what to do. Yeah. It's turned me into who I am. Exactly. Why do I have to look at this and go, oh, this is a problem? Yeah, that you need to recognize. It, he hates that. You know, he's like, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. You know, I can. That's I can, the shame of it. Yeah, it's. We had a kid yesterday, even in our little football flag football team, and his. You know, he could, his parents even apologized to us coaches and saying like, sorry, his, his meds kind of wear off, you know, around this mm-hmm. time is a later game and poor kid, you know, he's just all over the place and yeah. just, they they have cones on the ground so they can put the football in the right place every time he's like kicking the cones and <laughs> he just is so rambunctious or whatever. And it's just so easy to, to want to morph people to conform yeah. to what we are tolerating as a society yeah. rather than accepting and loving that we're different and loving that we're also the same emotionally, but our behaviors can be different. Yep. And that's where I think as parents, you need to be, if you can do one thing, it's to be educated, which is why I'm glad you're listening to this, but educate yourself enough to have the empathy and the compassion to love your kid. Mm-hmm. If and if that's the only thing this thing does for you, this Including podcast, all of their defects <laughs> that, yeah, that it just allows you to say, I, un- I at least understand my child and therefore it helps me to stop judging them and mm-hmm. to stop like more like trying to morph and control them. Like mm-hmm. your kid's going to be just fine. Yeah. That's one of the greatest gifts you can give them. And, uh, the long-term effects of them one day being able to turn to you and saying, thanks mom. Like, thanks for always loving me. Thanks for, yeah. I've, I've, I think I finally figured some stuff out. <laughs> That's the trophy you want Yeah. rather than trying to get your kid to, to not be rejectable or mm-hmm. to not be to to not be different. Yeah. You know. Yep. So I know we 
I don't. I not. I don't apologize for jumping all over because I don't think we really jumped over too far. But no, I think that's good info. Just know there is. There's so much rejection. There's so much self-rejection with a kid when they they know they're different and they mm-hmm. know that they didn't understand a concept in school and the other kids did. And so them knowing that they get to go home and be accepted by you mm-hmm. and loved by you is yeah. everything. Yeah. And they'll figure it out. Yep. And you'll be there with them to help them figure that out. But even if they don't, what works? Just help them to see what works for them and do more of it. Yep. So awesome good chat Bree. yeah this is good Stupid. advice i'm so i'm over here taking all these mental notes like <laughs> how can i go home <laughs> yeah that's awesome all right everyone thank right. you so much and talk to you later all right see you